Live from the betting capital of the world. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Wager Talk with Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels. It's Monday in Sin City. Welcome to Wager Talk on the Sports Grid TV Network. Welcome to all of you Zumo viewers uh, watching on Channel 719. Welcome to those of you listening on the iHeartRadio Network and all of our podcast outlets. This is your Sports Central for Betters. For the next 60 minutes, Ralph Michaels at Cal Sports LV and I at Teddy Covers will break down the world of betting. And we're going to like to start, Ralph, each and every week on Mondays with what we call bad beats, bad bets, bad for the books. Take a thorough look at what happened in the NFL over the course of the weekend. And let's start with what we just saw on Sunday night football. That, of course, was, hey, I'll give Matt more credit. The Chiefs played a heck of a game. It wasn't enough. Green Bay took the money. Green Bay got the money. This was not a good result for the house. I'm sure it wasn't, and I think it would, it made your statement from last week, Teddy, very accurate that, you know, you made the point that you thought that this quarterback move was the largest in the NFL. Uh, it went up to over 10 points. You thought that still wasn't enough, and Green Bay got the job done. You know, we saw what a good quarterback can do against that Kansas City defense. Uh, yeah, that KC defense played well for one game, couple games ago, but, uh, I was impressed with Matt more early and, uh, you know, we just saw the better team with the better quarterback winning cover the game. Yeah. I mean, uh, I want to ask you this, the Packers defense now has looked dicey a couple of times Were those early season strong results from green Bay real. Or are we starting to see Green Bay come back to earth now a little bit on the defense side of the football? Certainly the offense in better sync now than it was uh, a month ago. Aaron Rodgers looked pretty comfortable. But defensively, we've seen some cracks from the Packers in recent weeks. Well, again, let's put it in perspective. Let's look at schedule. You know, we all were very impressed with Green Bay's opener against Chicago. Well, we were impressed with Oakland stopping Chicago. Now all we realize the the Bears and Trubisky aren't the same. So, you know, I think it's it's down a few games from what we thought. And and that's with the NFL. You know, we're now into week nine and, and teams have played seven or eight games. And just like we talked about the early teams that played Miami and Arizona. Now we have to talk about those teams that played the Bears and other offenses that we know aren't as good as we thought they were. Sure, that makes a ton of sense to look at. The, again, your midseason stats are going to largely be schedule related. The more we can adjust for schedule based on the quality of offenses or defenses that teams have faced, the more we can make sense of those aggregate numbers over the first half of the NFL season. Let's go through the games and we'll start in Detroit where uh, the Lions and Giants were in a wild affair. Backdoor open for the G-Men. They come through at the end despite Danny Dimes throwing picks, ugly fumbles. No QB in the league has been responsible for more turnovers than Daniel Jones has for the Giants since he took over as a starter and yet the Giants got the money through the back door against Detroit. Again, Detroit is the team that deserved to win, deserved to cover. I was on the Giants. Hey, you know, I'm going to take that win and happily catch that ticket. But uh, we're, we're looking at a situation where 
you know, you get the drive and you get those backdoor, those backdoor covers with those garbage yards. And that's what you have to try to take out as we continue to teach our viewers how to handicap, you know, the, the stats that you're getting now and those Daniel Jones stats. And if you look and say, Hey, 28 of 41 for 322. Well, you know, the stats that are important to me are, are what are those stats when the game's within one score? And that's what you need to take out of each game. Yeah, that's an, uh, a great point, uh, Ralph. Because again, aggregate stats right now can hurt you every bit as much as they can help you. When we can isolate those stats and say they make sense for this matchup, but not for another. Well, that's how you start to make money over the back half of the NFL season. The Tennessee Titans are showing signs of life, back-to-back wins since going to Ryan Tannehill at QB, or is the issue here just Tampa lost it? I wasn't overly impressed with Tennessee yesterday. The Bucs, once again, made a lot of mistakes. The win percentage of NFL teams that are plus three turnovers is through the roof, and that's exactly what happened. On last week's show, I talked about, well, you know, I love Bruce Arians, the quarterback whisperer, and I said, I thought he's going to be able to to make Winston better, and I thought the bye week was really going to help. And what does Winston do? Throw two picks. Tampa Bay turns the ball over four times. They're minus three in turnover edge. And Tennessee, despite 16 first downs and 246 yards, when you get handed points on defense, that's all you need to do is win the game and not make mistakes. Yeah, Tampa's red zone execution, not particularly good in that contest. The quotes after the game from Bruce Arians put all the blame, and Winston has four turnovers. He had two lost fumbles and two uh, interceptions, and Arians put all the blame on the receiving core, not his quarterback. He said the receivers aren't running the routes. They're not where they're supposed to be, and that was the difference in at least both of those interceptions from Jameis Winston yesterday, meaningful interceptions in a game uh, that the Bucks lost by a point and a half to the spread. Well, we're seeing the markets officially crash on Chicago yesterday, and the Bears literally found a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, Red zone execution failures, missed extra points, and a missed field goal when it mattered most. Chargers get off the the schneid with a win at Soldier Field. Well, you, you look at their offensive performance yesterday, and, you know, that's 16 points. Last, yesterday, their last game was the first time that the Bears offense has topped 300 yards. They have played seven games, and you're talking about an offense with Montgomery and Trubisky and Robinson and Cohen and that we thought was going to be decent. Again, to not reach 300 yards this far into the season, uh, you know, and you're you're looking at Trubisky. You know, is there a quarterback change in the offing? I don't know. I, I haven't heard many rumors out of there, but to me, you, you just have to do it. It's it, it, They are just an ugly team right now with Trubisky under center. Yeah, the quote from Matt Nagy today is that there will be no quarterback change in Chicago this week. That's not exactly a long leash uh, for Trubisky, but this week he will be the starter for Chicago. When we come back, we'll talk about the worst beat of the day in the NFL. The Texans and the Colts getting the wins, but not the money, and so much more. Stay tuned right here on Wager Talk. Wager 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Wager Talk. Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels breaking down the world of sports from a Las Vegas perspective here on a Monday. High noon in Vegas, 3 to 4 p.m. on the East Coast. And let's get right back into it, Ralph. We were going through the NFL games one by one from yesterday, talking about where the betters won, where they lost, what we got right, what we got wrong. Let's start with what was probably the worst beat of the day. If you had Seattle in Atlanta, and you were up 24 to nothing. You were feeling pretty good about life. 
And next thing you know, you look at the final score, it says Seattle 24, Atlanta 17. And the Falcons' box score looks great. Of course, they did it all in the second half when Seattle was playing with a prevent defense. But nonetheless, Falcons get the money and Falcons dominate the box score in a game that when you watched it, Seattle controlled. It did. And you have to look at how coaches react when they have a lead. Uh, You know, I looked up Seattle as an away favorite the prior three seasons, three, six, and two when they're on the road laying points. They don't worry about style points. They get their lead. They get very conservative. Russell Wilson doesn't throw. Russell Wilson, you know, 14 of 20, most of that in the first half, both touchdown passes. And again, uh, just to hammer the point home, when you look at Matt Schaub and you say 460 yards and 39 of 52, this guy was awesome. Again, you have to look at what his first half stats were and have that mindset moving forward, you know, with him as a starter. Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, it was a tough beat if you had Seattle. That being said, when you talk about legitimate bad beats, legitimate bad beats aren't coming very often when you're laying seven and a half points with a favorite on the road against an underdog that nobody wants. We're not going to call that one a truly tough beat. A bad beat, no question, if you had Seattle. but. There's worse. You'll see. <laughs> uh, Jags took wise guy money yesterday, bet up to seven before kickoff. The wise guys were right. The injured, banged up Jets looked pretty awful again uh, on the heels of a uh, pretty rough showing against New England on Monday night. And another, you know, cornerback injury for the Jets during the game, which made it even worse. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have Fournette who's who's able to, to pound the ball in there and Gardner Minshew looked great, 279 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a clean rating, 389 yards, 21 first downs. Uh, It it was a game that, yeah, the Jets were just the overmatched team, and Jacksonville didn't make any mistakes. And that's what you have to hope for. If you're a poor team like the Jets and you're overmatched going on the road, you need some turnovers or you need some mistakes uh, to be able to stay into the game. Yeah, Minshew and the Jags didn't make a whole lot of mistakes yesterday. Jacksonville uh, back to 500. Uh, surprise blow of the day. Eagles or the 49ers? Both of those were being priced as competitive matchups. Both of those turned out to be very one-sided affair. Philly or San Fran? What's your take as to the surpriser of the two blowouts? Oh, not even a question. I mean, let's look at the competition. We're talking about Buffalo at home or Washington on the road. I mean, San Fran's an undefeated team playing a team that's playing as poor as any. San Fran played Carolina yesterday. Oh, oh, excuse me. Yes, San Fran played. I have Washington in my head because Carolina played like Washington. No, I'm just um, I I, (laughs) I still think that I, I still think that at home, you know, at home, you're undefeated and you're playing a team that's crossing country versus a team that Philadelphia was a team struggling, playing poorly, going on the road to play a a team that was second in their division. So to me, no question, uh, the Philly game was more surprising. You know, you add in there's huge weather differences. San Fran was perfect playing scenarios where Buffalo wasn't, but the better team was able to run the ball well and 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 survive what they had to with those wins where throwing the ball wasn't easy for either team. Yeah, I thought the wind conditions really helped the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. Buffalo's passing game is all about the long ball. It's about forcing the safeties to stay deep to defend that. 
uh, the, the Eagles defense didn't have to do that yesterday uh, because there was no long passes uh, given the win conditions and, and Philly's ability to dominate the line of scrimmage defensively uh, gave them a good edge uh, against Buffalo's offensive line. They stuffed the run and pretty much controlled that ball game. Uh, Drew Brees returned for New Orleans. He played fairly well. A couple of mistakes, but he certainly looked like Drew Brees out there. But the bottom line was uh, the Saints defense, once again, was a dominant unit. The books took a bunch of uh, New Orleans money, adjusted for the Brees return, and still got buried with New Orleans winning cover over Arizona. You look at the Cardinals and, you know, they need DJ running the ball. He was out. Then your second running back gets hurt. Well, if you're playing what we're learning is a legitimately top 10 defense now with the Saints on the road and your leading rusher has seven carries for eight yards and you only rush the ball 11 times on the game, uh, you don't have a prayer. The, the 10 first downs, we, we've seen, you know, obviously we just heard prior to coming in, Arizona made a trade to Miami to get a running back in because their two top two running backs were going to be out Thursday. Uh, they had to do what they had to do. But the Saints, uh, you know, you add Breeze to a, a top 10 defense and all of a sudden you have to start thinking, how good is this team? And, and perhaps are they the best team in the NFC? Well, I mean, when you talk about my power ratings, my top five, I've got New England one, and the next four are all from the NFC, uh, New Orleans, Minnesota, uh, Green Bay, uh, and uh, who am I leaving out that's clearly on the top of that list? Um, whatever, I'll think about it in a second. <laughs> uh, it's not Dallas either. Uh, uh, San Francisco, of course. Uh, you know, And Dallas is right, probably right behind those teams. You can make a case that five of the top six teams in the NFL right now all reside in the NFC, yet the AFC's favorite in the Super Bowl. Texans and the Colts both get the W. Neither was pretty. Neither team got the money. Underdogs cash. Favorites get the straight-up win. Yeah, and, and the game stayed under. This, this was a game that I had over that uh, – uh, if you bet it at the beginning of the week, uh, you got a a push. You may have stolen a win if you bet it real early. Uh, but it was a game that we saw. Keep note that the Raiders lost their center late in the first half, and they were a different team in the second half. Of course, the Texans lost Watt for the season late in the game. But um, I, I just, you know, watching the game closely because I had the total, Deshaun Watson just – doesn't have enough touch. If he can learn to put some touch on that ball with some short passes, he is just going to take his his quarterbacking to a completely different level. You know, we saw a game with a lot of yards, a lot of movement. You look at the first downs after, and it surprises the heck out of me, a 29-15 Houston first down edge. Uh, but we'll see how they respond. I mean, the Watt injury is going to be as devastating as as any in football. Yeah, and of course, you know, the Colts uh, got the win against Denver. They did not get the money in that game. Uh, not an impressive uh, Jacoby Brissett, who looked great two weeks ago, didn't look nearly as good in yesterday's game. San Fran looked really good yesterday. Uh, since he looked really bad yesterday, the Bengals, uh, again, outgained 2-1 to one by the Rams uh, in a two-touchdown loss in London. But let's talk about the New England Patriots, because the money once again yesterday came against New England. There was wise guy money on Cleveland, and lo and behold, <laughs> I mean, 
Uh, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't easy. But New England got the money again uh, in exactly the same fashion they've been doing it all year and last year and the year before. Why do the wise guys want to bet against the Patriots? And are they ever going to stop, Ralph? Well, you talked about how the Patriots' offense was struggling and they only had 319 yards. But the Browns turned the ball over three times on three plays. And this was, this uh, they got out coached, completely got out coached. Kitchens made some horrible play calls. They said the stat on the TV, Teddy, and my son called me with it yesterday. It was the biggest discrepancy in the Super Bowl era with a head coach and a quarterback. Belichick and Brady have over 730 games, and Baker and Kitchens have 27 games. Largest discrepancy, Super Bowl era, head coach and a quarterback. And it played out on the field exactly like it was supposed to, despite the money coming against New England. When we come back, big game breakdown. Steelers-Dolphins tonight, prop shop. We'll talk NBA plus Arthur DeCesar coming up right here on Wager Talk. Stay tuned. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
the Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. With NBA season underway, you can dunk on your NBA DFS competition using DailyRoto.com. Compete with the pros on FanDuel and DraftKings with the DailyRoto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. Plus, you'll get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. That's D-U-N-K. Visit DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to get your 10% off right now. Ralph, I got to put it this way. The NFL has a problem with their primetime game. This is what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. We saw the Chiefs and the Broncos. What did KC win that game by? 24? Blowout. Uh, that was the Thursday night game. Then we saw the Patriots blow out the Jets. Then we saw the Vikings in a non-competitive game against the Redskins. Lo and behold, tonight... We have the Steelers as 14-point chalk against Miami. And all moving forward, the Thursday night game uh, has a uh, favorite of more than a touchdown. The Sunday night game is a favorite of more than a touchdown. The Monday night game this coming week has a favorite of more than a touchdown. Yeah, the NFL needs a little bit of help when it comes to the primetime games. I've been trying to get them. I've been trying to talk to them for years about looking at season win totals before they set these schedules. They don't seem to do it. Therefore, we get to talk about Pittsburgh and Miami tonight. The Steelers, minus 14, total of 43 against the Dolphins. The Dolphins have looked competitive each of the last two weeks. They took the Redskins down to the wire. And then last week against Buffalo, they fought. The energy, the effort was there. The execution, not so much. (laughs) And they ended up losing that game by 10. They were in it. They had a chance to win it in the fourth quarter, just like they did against the Redskins. A chance to win it late. Can they do that here against Pittsburgh? Can they find the effort against the Steelers? And of course, it's a a, uh, Dolphins team coming off a intense divisional game. It's a Steelers team with their healthy backup quarterback back again. Mason Rudolph's going to play tonight uh, for Pittsburgh. No more Devlin Hodges uh, for the Steelers. And you have a Pittsburgh team coming in off a bye. Can Miami do anything tonight? Can they hang around? What about points? What's your take, Dolphins, Steelers? Monday Night Football. Well, you know, I, I just looked up, Teddy, you were talking about our exciting primetime cards. Uh, well, that's the reason this year, primetime NFL games, 6 and 18 over under. 75% of the primetime games have gone under the total. The average point scored 38.7 points in that game. So, uh, they've been snoozers. Uh, you know, I look at Miami and I agree with you. Competitive is, is a very fair word. You go into Buffalo and you finish with a 76 yard edge. We know all yards aren't, 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 aren't equal, but it was a competitive game to me. 
you know, you held Washington to 311 yards. The defense is playing fine. Um, and I think they're a team. I, I just think that teams will tend to overlook Miami because it is Miami. Now, Pittsburgh off a bye may not have that same mentality. You're not in a traditional sandwich situation, having played a difficult foe and having Miami and having Indianapolis on deck. But I think it's tough for these players to get up for the Miami defense. I mean, I would lean with the dog. I would, uh, you know, uh, and the total I've gone back and forth with. I know the primetime games have, have gone uh, under, but uh, I'm not sure. I think Miami can score a few points, and I think Pittsburgh can score a few points as well. Yeah, see, I mean, the, the Dolphins' defense, they've shown signs at times. They've also shown signs of quit. And that's my biggest concern here for Miami. They fought last week, and they fought the week before. The week before, they had a chance to win a game. They had a lead in a game. You know, last week, they had a divisional rival. This week, they're on the road against a motivated foe. And if Miami falls behind, they're in trouble because I don't see this team fighting back. And we talk about Fitzpatrick and what Fitzpatrick tends to do. We'll talk about the props in just a minute. You know, Fitzmagic is all about chucking the ball up and letting your receivers make plays on the ball. That works against teams with lesser pass rushes and lesser secondaries. It works for teams that have receivers that can go up and grab the ball in traffic. Well, Pittsburgh's got a pretty good defense. They got a pretty good secondary. And Miami doesn't have the playmaking receivers. They just don't. And I really worry about the Dolphins' ability to take a punch. If they're in this game, they may well stay in this game. But if they fall behind early, if this is a game where Pittsburgh's up 14 to nothing or 14 to three after one, I'm not convinced that Miami's in a position where we're going to see the Dolphins fight back. And given their red zone offensive failures, I mean, only way I can describe it is failures. This team has repeatedly, they got the ball down inside the 10-yard line, and that's the end of it. And then they settle for three or they get stuffed on fourth down. And it could be one of those games where the Dolphins get plenty of yards but don't have the points on the scoreboard to show for it. You know, box score numbers can be misleading. We talked about that in Atlanta, Seattle. I wouldn't be surprised if tonight's game has something of a misleading box score as well. But I do worry about that Dolphins red zone execution. And that comes for side and total. You know, can't bet this game over. I don't think Miami's getting touchdowns. Can't bet the Dolphins if I don't think Miami's getting touchdowns either. So it's a clear pass for me, Ralph. I'm not getting involved. I'm not really close to getting involved. What about yourself? Yeah, again, I, I have no play. I, I made one fun play, Teddy. And since we're not going to talk about it props, I'll mention it here. Uh, you know, you look. I looked at what Miami's done. And in the first half, they trailed Dallas 10 to 6. They trailed the Chargers 17 to 10. They trailed Washington 7 to 3. And they led Buffalo 14 to 9. Uh, I found a 13 to one that the first quarter was going to be tied. So I'm thinking lower scoring game, Pittsburgh, not excited to get out looking for a three, three first quarter. And I thought I found great odds on it. So that is my one fun bet for a Monday night that, uh, having a few cocktails and watching that. Sure. And fun bets, you know, that's, it's part of what we do. <laughs> uh, we talk about substantial wagers, but the fun bets, as long as you're betting small, small units, fun bets are what they are. You know, sometimes you cash them, sometimes you don't. Let's talk about some of them for prop shop for tonight. You said you like that first quarter to be tied. Uh, let's talk some QB numbers. Mason Rudolph over under 229 and a half. Ryan and Fitzpatrick over under 228 and a half passing yards. Rudolph's only supposed to do it in 29 and a half attempts. Fitzpatrick, 33 and a half attempts. Any take on the quarterbacks when it comes to yardage or attempts tonight? 
Well, to me, I mean, Pittsburgh hasn't passed for over 229 yards in all in any game since the opener against New England. Uh, I think Pittsburgh, you know, gets the lead, is happy to run the ball. To me, I, I would look at, between those two, Rudolph under the total. Connor, rushing and receiving yards, over 71 and over under 71 and a half. A touchdown, yes, minus 150. No, plus 130. He does get the majority of the goal line carries. Uh, for the Steelers, Walton, uh, for Miami, they traded away Kenyon Drake now. He's 40 and a half uh, rushing yards, the over minus 160, but he's plus 300 to reach the end zone. Anything on the running backs uh, from a prop standpoint tonight on Monday Night Football? Uh, you know, the Walton is so unique because you just trade away a running back and, you know, no one on your team has 200 yards of rushing. Your team averages under 70 yards of rushing a game. And so you're, you know, you're asking Walton to get to 40. I, you know, if I had a lean Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's only allowing 3.8 yards per carry. So it's a toss up to me. He's obviously going to get many more carries than he had. Number one, can he carry the load? Number two, playing a very tough defense. So uh, no opinion on Walton and Connor. I would probably lean with the over the 71 and a half. I mean, he's such an integral part of the passing game as well as the rushing game. Let's talk about uh, some of the receivers then. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's over uh, four and a half catches, 62 and a half yards uh, for Schuster, uh, for Devontae Parker, his over-under for yardage, 46 and a half, uh, and three and a half receptions, the over, plus 115 on Devontae Parker. Uh, betting markets, at least initially, not expecting a huge night from one of Miami's few playmakers. Uh, no opinion on on the Parker. I mean, I guess I would lean over with the second one, but uh, you know, when you're betting props, you, you have to have a correlation in your mind of how the game is going to be played. So, if I think the Steelers are going to get a lead, and I think Rudolph's going to be under, then I, you know, most likely that would lean to Schuster being under as well. Yeah, and of course, we see nothing but over money on Walton rushing yards. By the way, that forty and a half, as high as minus one sixty now. Uh, for uh, Walton, uh, for Miami. Last but not least, I know we're going to do a couple of NBA quick hitters, but we got to talk to field goal prop. Uh, flew over last time out, over under three and a half, the under, minus 160. Would you see field goals, touchdowns, or neither this evening? Well, if they kick four field goals, you're getting plus 130. To me, Teddy, that's sort of what you talked about with Miami's red zone struggles on offense. I'll throw it back to you for the final word on that. Yeah, the problem, though, is that the Dolphins go for it on fourth down because they're always down three scores <laughs> and they don't end up settling for three. You know, in the first half, they might kick a field goal or two, but uh, we see Miami failing on fourth down on a pretty consistent basis after halftime uh, of these games. So when they get in a field goal range, it doesn't do any good if you're down by 19 points like the Dolphins Teddy, have just, been. <laughs> just Teddy, just over a minute, let's get some quick NBA hitters. Indies minus one and a half, Chicago minus two, 76ers minus five and a half, Raptors minus five are the first four games on the board. Quick take on any of those four. Well, look, the it's a, it's a, it's a bounce back spot for 0-2 Indiana. The Pistons probably won't have Reggie Jackson tonight already playing without Blake Griffin. It makes sense to lay the spot on the road with the Pacers team that has struggled. The Knicks are pretty bad. Uh, Chicago has shown they can win on the road already. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, coming off a bad blowout loss, I wouldn't be surprised to Chicago hang tough. And the Raptors minus five versus Orlando. Orlando might be live in that one. 
Uh, Toronto, not a team I'm comfortable laying points with at this stage. They're coming off a big blowout. The Magic, however, in playoff revenge. And, of course, they haven't hit shots at all through the first two games. They are number three in the NBA in adjusted defensive efficiency over the first couple of weeks, a couple of games of the season. When we come back, Arthur DeCesar from the Link Sportsbook, one of the Caesars properties here in Vegas. We'll get the bookmaker's perspective coming up next. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore coverage. You can follow Ralph uh, on Twitter uh, at Cal Sports LV. You can follow Sports Grid. You should be following Sports Grid on YouTube and on Instagram at Sports Grid TV. Again, YouTube and Instagram at Sports Grid TV. You'll get notifications for everything that we do. You get great clips and the like. Again, YouTube and Instagram, Sports Grid TV. Follow today. And you should be following our next guest if you haven't done so already at Art Dice 21, A R T D I C E, Art Dice 21. That, of course, is Arthur De Caesar from the Link Sportsbook, one of the Caesars properties here in Las Vegas. Arthur, welcome to the show. And thanks for joining us here on a Monday morning. Pleasure as always, gentlemen. I hope you guys are having a good afternoon and can't wait to get started. We got a lot to get to. Yeah, exactly. Monday morning, Monday afternoon, call it what you will. I, I, I guess it was Monday morning when I was thinking about it. It's Monday afternoon now. So let's just start with a brief overview. Overall day Saturday, overall day Sunday. How'd the Caesars books make out? How'd you do over at the link? Saturday was a very good day. Uh, Sunday was kind of hit or miss a little bit. Saturday was definitely a better day than Sunday. Um you know, we definitely came back a little bit on the NFL from where we had been the last couple of weeks where we were really rocking and rolling. Um, so it took a little hit yesterday, but Saturday was good as usually most Saturdays are. Well, you know, looking at those three big games in the NFL on Sunday between the Saints, the Patriots, or the Sunday night game with the Packers, which one was the biggest hit for the house or which one was the best for the house? Well, the biggest hit for us was the Packers. Uh, Packers was by far the biggest hit. That was actually the second most heavily bet game behind New England. And I would say New England was way worse than the Saints. So that, that slid right in behind Green Bay. It's funny, the, the Saints game was a loss for us, but it wasn't anything out of the ordinary. It wasn't something where you were like, oh, wow. So that was probably a distant third behind those uh, first two games. Yeah, because, of course, I, I was texting you last night with the questions for the show, and I'm like, Andy Reid works his magic. You text me back, uh, not so much. <laughs> of course, I was texting back and forth during the game. Uh, I, I know that Packers game uh, was a bad result for the house, and the Patriots won too. But uh, it's interesting what you're saying about the Saints. The market moved, but a lot of that move was an air move based on the fact that, guess what? Drew Brees is going to be playing instead of Teddy Bridgewater. It wasn't like you got heavily sided on New Orleans. Were there any other big winners or losers on Sunday? Uh, what was the best game for the house and, and anything that we missed in terms of the bad ones uh, for the books yesterday and what you're saying was not a particularly good day in the NFL uh, for the Caesars properties? As far as that Saints game goes, though, Teddy, you're absolutely right. The, you know, the Breeze thing, you know, when he basically gets announced on Saturday, you know, people have already made their bets and they don't know what to do. They don't really know where to go with that game. So that was kind of a weird game. But as far as the biggest win for us, the biggest win for us was the Titans. So Titans was the best result for us all day. And besides that, everything else was pretty pedestrian. The Ohio State University. Those probably are not words you like to hear every week. So, you know, tell us about Ohio State, Wisconsin. And, you know, I also want to hear the LSU-Auburn game and the Oklahoma upset, what those did to the Caesar Sportsbooks. You know what, Ralph? I'm going to shock you here. Ohio State wasn't, for the link, wasn't that crazy of a loss. It was a loss, 
but it was a smaller loss. I, you know, we had a lot of Wisconsin people in our sports book on Saturday. So there was a lot of people taking Wisconsin. So Ohio State really didn't murder us. They won again, you know. I mean, obviously, they've been the big winner all season for us. Um, Oklahoma, we talked about this on the show last week. Oklahoma and Ohio State have been, you know, just bet them blindly. So, you know, Oklahoma losing outright was incredible. Uh, Auburn was nice for us. That we, we got some nice money on Auburn. And it's funny, as, as far as Saturday goes, our biggest loss was the Nevada game. So, you know, go figure. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What? what, what? When your biggest losers on an obscure Mountain West game, you know you guys had a pretty good day. Uh, uh, so uh, that one uh, that really surprises me. Uh, there, are there any other teams besides Ohio State that you're fearing in college football? Now, obviously, Oklahoma has been a bad one for you, but uh, Sooners made you a whole lot of money this past Saturday. Their betting bandwagon has concluded. What other teams besides the Sooners and the Buckeyes, or is that pretty much it? Alabama, I know, is one that you've told us. Uh, that the betters seem to like a whole lot. Any other teams that you're fearing or worried about your liability with on any given Saturday? No, Teddy, I, I think I think what we've just talked about all year, I think Ohio State has proven themselves to be the best team in the country. And, you know, they're, they're going to be the ones moving forward because until they get to that Michigan game, I mean, you know, what else do they really have in the, you know, the kind of weak Big Ten I mean, they, you know, so that that's going to be a tough one. Ohio State's going to be one every week we watch. I think Bama's still one you watch, even with Tua, who knows. But, I mean, they played a bad Arkansas team this week and still, you know, did what they had to do. So I think those two, but Ohio State for sure. Well, the other big game, of course, at night had a lot of weather to it, Michigan beating Notre Dame. Uh, tell us about that game and uh, what else made the made the books money on Saturday? Michigan was by far like our best result. Michigan was great. Nobody's believed in Harbaugh. No one's believed in Michigan. You know, I think people were on Notre Dame. Obviously, you know, the weather came in to factor there, but good for Michigan. They finally did something that made people go, okay, that's Michigan. So Michigan was a good one. And then late night for us, Washington State was nice. Uh, a lot of people were on the Ducks. So Washington State was a good result for us in one of those late Pac-12 after dark games. <laughs> Pac-12 after dark can be a sweat and a half. Uh, books, uh, particularly the Link and the Caesars properties, made up pretty good. I, from what I've heard, uh, that was a very good game for books around the state uh, of Nevada. Well, let's talk about the Monday night football game tonight. Much like last week, where we didn't have exactly a marquee matchup. Much like Thursday night, where we had bottom feeders on national TV games. We got another one tonight with the Miami Dolphins showing up on Monday Night Football, but at least they get to take on the two and four Steelers who are laying 14 points. What do you see in terms of Monday Night Action? Is the handle down on a game like this because uh, the two teams have struggled so much? Side, total, overall handle. What's your take, Arthur Caesar at ArtDice21 on Twitter? Yeah, I mean, the, ha the handle's down a, a slight bit. Obviously, this is a bad game, but, you know, when you have these standalone games... You know, it's a Monday night game. There's no World Series tonight. So people are still going to bet it. Uh, it's Dolphin money heavy. It opened at Steelers minus 16 and a half and is now Steelers minus 14. So people are all over Miami. So we will be rooting for the black and gold tonight for sure. Wow, that's, a, well, that's, that's not necessarily the answer that I expected you to give uh, right there. And by, I mean, is this a game where you're, you're really sided on Miami right now? Is this a big liability for you? No, I mean, it, you know, it, this is kind of more of a it's – a, it's a top-tier game, I would say. It would probably fall behind Green Bay and 
New England, and maybe even the Saints. But it, it's definitely, I mean, people are taking Miami, which is shocking because they've, they've proven themselves to be the worst team in the league. So I think people just love taking <laughs> those points and saying what happens, you know. Well, you know, we, we know that. It's Monday Night Football. We talked about making our fun bets. You get a lot of fun bets, and that can change your handle. World Series action. Uh, tell us, you know, tell us how you how it turned out last game, and did the pitching scratch hurt your handle because of those, those refunds with the scratch, or were people able to get their action back? And moving forward, what does the action look like in Major League Baseball? No, for sure, Ralph. People were definitely able to get their action back after that uh, scratch because, you know, it it was probably like three hours before game time, something like that in that range. So people were able to jump back on. But it, it's funny, even when they were down 0-2, the, the Astro money, people were not scared. People just kept betting the Astros. They believed in the Astros. They believed in their pitching. Their offense would finally wake up. So it's been Astros, Astros forever, you know, even since they were down 0-2. But, and game six was Verlander. Minus 168, I mean, it's it's Astros again. So people are on the Astros. They never broke. Are, are you concerned about your Houston liability? Because I would imagine that there might have been a, at least some money coming in on the Astros, the big plus price, after they lost the first two games of this series. Or uh, are your books fairly balanced? There's a future money between uh, Houston and Washington. No, we're, we're fairly balanced, Teddy. You know, I don't think people – when they were down 0-2, were like, oh, let me just jump on the series price. I think they were more, let me take it a game at a time. You know, let me take them in game three. All right, if they win, maybe I'll take them in game four. So I think it was more that's the way people were approaching it. So we didn't really see anyone just, like, come out and say, oh, I can get plus money now. So not not really. And let's shift to the you NBA know, for a minute. We're going – oh, sorry, Ralph. I, th- I think I cut you off. You, know, you shift to the you NBA, know, uh, Ralph. It's your – we, we you know, I, I have a question here. We didn't. We it wasn't that we we didn't tell them we were going to ask, but I want to ask it anyway. You know, in the NFL, we know that the away teams went what seven five and one this week, and have hit sixty two percent. Have that changed the way people have bet, or is it just it doesn't matter? And also, early in this NBA season, road teams have hit sixty percent. Road dogs have hit sixty seven percent. Do those league wide trends carry over? especially in the NBA this early in the season? You know, Ralph, it's funny. I actually saw that tweet that you put out earlier today, and I saw that NBA stat and that NFL stat, which, you know, we've seen that for the NFL basically all year. I think in the NFL, it's funny. People are are public. They like to take favorites. They like to take overs. You know, it's just kind of the way it is. I mean, some people have adjusted. Some people have realized, wow, Dogs are covering and winning outright at an astonishing rate in the NFL. But there really hasn't been that crazy of an adjustment because you have so many recreational betters who really don't know what they're looking for. So, And, and the NBA, too, too early to tell on the NBA, I would say. And early well, speaking in the of the NBA, NBA I mean, the, the, yeah, the, the, the one big story has got to be the Warriors right now, uh, who were, you know, obviously a team that went to the finals, what, five, six years in a row. And they look like a bottom feeder. Have betters abandoned the Warriors already following their 0-2 start? Did we see Golden State money yesterday? And any other teams that you're seeing getting a lot of action on or against early this NBA season? People have not abandoned the Warriors yet. The Warriors was our best NBA result yesterday. Obviously, they got killed. Um, So people are still, you know, it's one of those things. When these teams are in the public eye for five, six years, People are still like, oh, Warriors, Warriors, Warriors. And and tonight, it's funny. They are getting four and a half points at the, at the Pelicans. I mean, 
it, it's ridiculous. So we'll, we'll see if people are just going to say, hey, we're going to pet the Warriors until they're like 0-10 or something like that. So it, it, it's, it's astonishing what, what's happened to the Warriors. Art, in about 30 seconds, any other popular teams in the NBA? And there's a couple teams 3-0 and against the spread, the Wizards, the T-Wolves, and the Suns. At what point in time do you expend bag wagons to jump on those or not at all because who they are? It's it's funny that you said that, Ralph. I had that written down. Suns and Timberwolves, both young teams, you know, not marquee teams, both three and O ATS. And the Pelicans are three and O on the over. They, all their games are going over, and they had an over the other night that was two thirty nine, and it went over by ten points. So they've been in, they've been an over. Just uh, it doesn't even matter. They're scoring one hundred and twenty and giving up one hundred and twenty six. So that those have been the nice little things to look for in the young NBA season. Arthur DeCesar, man, we really appreciate your time each and every Monday. You've been a huge addition to the show. Here's your chance. Plugs and promos. What do you want to promo for the Caesars properties here in Vegas? All right, gentlemen, like always, a pleasure being on. Um, like always, guys, just come down and link. Check us out. I mean, this is the best time of the year, guys. We've got college basketball starting in a week. All the sports are going. And, you know, just come down and check us out. And check me out on Twitter at ArtDice21. And, you know, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much. Arthur DeCesar joining us from the Link Sportsbook here in Las Vegas. When we come back, betting 101, Ralph's going to tell us why all losses are not equal. Stay tuned right here on Wager Talk. We'll be back after this short break. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. We're here oh, stretch of wait, you're talking Ralph. During the commercial break, I went and I found this. An envelope. Right? Why did I find an envelope? Because we're want to talk about teams that are about to mail it in and you, my friend, have come up with a great database research job talking about which teams in college football can be expected to start mailing it in this week. What do we got? Ralph, all losses, not equal college football. We like to call this betting 101. Hey, wagering university right here, Ralph. What do you got for us? Listen, when you start the season, there's excitement. Yes, everyone's not going to get to the playoffs. Yes, everyone's not going to win their conference championship. But realistically, almost everyone goes into the season thinking they can get to a bowl. It's a huge deal. Extra practices for the coaches. Getting to respectability. Getting to 500. Well, when you're off a loss and it's your seventh loss of the season, what happens? Your goals can't be reached. You can't be a winning team. You can't be a 500 team. You're not playing in the postseason. If you have coaching changes, they're probably going to happen. So when you have a bad team, either at home or on the road, if you have a home dog off a loss and it's their seventh loss of the season, they've gone 13 and 29, 30% against the spread. If you've had a double-digit away dog off a loss and it's their seventh loss, they've gone 31 and 48 against the spread. Last week, they went 0 and 3. Rice was at home, New Mexico State, and Akron on the road. So combined, it's 44 and 77, 36% or a 67% play against the two teams this week. UMass, a home dog against Liberty, and Old Dominion as an away dog. Look to fade those teams. Again, it's already 3-0 fading them this year. Two more teams appear this week. A seventh loss, a demoralizing a demoralizing statement for a college football program. Sure, hard to bounce back for any team after they've lost their seventh game, especially when that seventh loss comes in October. Thank you, Ralph, for joining us today. Thank you to Arthur DeCesar from Link Sportsbook, one of the Caesars properties here in Vegas, for spending time with us here on Wager Talk. And thanks to you, our viewing and listening audience. We appreciate your time. We'll be back again in 23 hours right here on the Fantasy Sports Network, Sports Grid TV. Stay tuned for At the Window.